Hi everyone and welcome back to Style and Sustain, the podcast, the second episode of the year. Before I get into what we're going to talk about, I just want to say happy International Women's Day. Um, Yeah, I think Women's Day is every day and I still enjoy today because we know that we still live in a man's world and for me personally, I love just sending nice messages to the women in my life and reminding them how powerful and how appreciated they are and how much they're making a difference just by pursuing their ambitions and doing their best to be the best versions of themselves. So I really enjoy this day, but I'm a girl's girl, so I feel like every day of the year is Women's Day, (laughs) at least on my end. Aside from that, um, this episode is going to be a solo episode. I'm going to be talking about a subject that's been on my mind for a little while now and that subject is waste colonialism. If you listen to this podcast then you would have definitely heard me talk about the impact of fast fashion in the global south um, and how the millions of clothes that are exported down to global south countries specifically in Africa and in spaces um, like Katamanto Market in Accra is having negative impact locally on local textile industries and also on the people who work within this market and that is all linked to what waste colonialism is but I want to explore in this episode just the exact definition of it and also talk about the Or Foundation which is a non-profit organization that works in Accra on the ground fighting the impact of fast fashion Um, in the city and beyond and I want to look at what they have set in place in order to fight waste colonialism. Before we get into the episode the second thing I want to shout out and talk about is that this month is also Ghana's independence month. Actually March 6th is Independence Day for Ghana and Independence Day marks the day that Ghana freed itself from British colonial rule and that was back in 1957 and it's the 66th anniversary of Ghana being free from colonial rule um so yeah 66 years um it's not a long time that is some people's lifetime to be honest um but it's a really proud moment because Ghana was the first African country to free itself from colonial rule and Ghana is known also as the gateway to Africa and I believe that is because we opened the door to freedom and after Ghana being liberated a lot of other African countries followed after that as well so yeah I just enjoy remembering that and obviously this subject touches on on Ghana so I definitely wanted to mention that and also interestingly it touches on what colonialism means um, even after 66 years of liberation from the British and how there is some form of neo-colonialism still happening in Ghana and in other African countries and how we can fight that through understanding what waste colonialism is and who to support Um, and that's going to be the message of this episode so I'm so happy you're here let's dig into it
So first things first, you all know I love a definition on this podcast. So what is waste colonialism? So waste colonialism is when a group of people uses waste and pollution to dominate another group of people in their homeland. The term was recorded in 1989 at a UN conference, and it came when African nations at this conference expressed their concern about the dumping of hazardous waste by high GDP countries into low GDP countries like theirs. So this is 1989, which is, by the way, my year of birth. So this term was coined exactly 33 years ago. And so waste colonialism is not new. And what these African countries were seeing happening is that Global North countries, often the higher GDP countries, would send their waste to them. And this is something that is still happening. And specifically, of course, I talk often about the fashion industry. And when we look at the fashion industry specifically, and I'm going to specifically talk about Ghana because that is my area of knowledge at the moment. But basically in Ghana, there are around 15 million garments every week that come into Katamanta market in Accra and 40% of the average bill leaves Katamanta market as waste. So that is a huge amount one of garments coming into the country. Often these are discarded clothes, often secondhand clothes that are sent into the country and 40% becoming waste is also just an atrocious number. So this is a form of waste colonialism that is happening right now through the fast fashion industry in Accra. Um, Accra is also a city that receives a lot of tech waste. So that is anything that is to do with technology, so computers, printers, that whole world. Those items are also sent to the global south. It's also the same for household goods like furniture, um, tables, couches, chairs, that is also sent to um, countries like Ghana, to Accra, from the global north when they are no longer in use. So they're basically discarded. So this is what waste colonialism really encompasses. It's just high GDP countries regarding global south countries and especially countries that were previously colonized as a dumping ground, basically. And as you can hear, there's everything wrong with that because that is a form of neocolonialism that is happening at the moment. So this dumping, especially of um, specifically secondhand clothes, um, causes a public health crisis. During the pandemic, Katamanto caught fire and it burnt for a long time because of all the textile waste that is around the market. So those are some of the environmental um, public health crisis that we're seeing happen. Um, aside from that, when you go to some beaches in Accra, you will see clumps of clothes that have washed onto the shore. Um, it's, sometimes it's not just clumps, it's areas of textile that have just washed onto the shore again coming from the textile waste you look at the brands that these garments 
are made from and basically most of it are global north um, garments so it's also destroying livelihoods there are girls as young as nine years old who perform backbreaking and sometimes really terrifying fatal work because they had carry bales filled with garments throughout the market and it's basically a form of modern day slavery so that also happens because of this and yeah the environment suffers as i mentioned beaches being polluted and also the fires that have happened in Catamanto and have burnt for so long because of the textile waste in the market. So the impact of waste colonialism is enormous. And if you visit Accra, you can kind of just witness this and see this happen. Um, and again, I always like to say that Ghanaians are not victims. Ghanaians are incredibly creative and innovative people. And I would say some of the best, most innovative upcycling brands are being born right now in Catamanto market. Um, people who are creatively repurposing the items that are being shipped to the market and creating absolutely stunning fashion with it. And sometimes reselling it back to uh, the global North market, which is ironic. And I love the statement that that makes, but that is what Catamanta has turned into, apart from the, cat the catastrophic impact. Um, it's also become a thriving secondhand market, which is the biggest in West Africa at the moment, because Ghanaians are so creative and innovative, and they are thriving off this economy that they've created with the waste that's been sent to them. But that's not an excuse to keep sending the waste because there's still too much of it. And as I said, 40% of that just goes into the ocean and onto beaches and has an, a negative impact on the environment. I'm not one to wallow in a problem. I love to find solutions and I love supporting those who come up with great solutions to big scale problems, just like waste colonialism. So I mentioned the Aura Foundation earlier, they're a nonprofit organization based in Accra, and they do a lot of research and they are basically focused on tackling the issue of fast fashion, secondhand um, garments flooding into Catamanto market. They do this by going into incredible research about the impact of this to Catamanto as an ecosystem. And they also do this by supporting the local people who work in Catamanto and they just create opportunity and a platform um, that gives them a voice to talk about the issues they're facing because of the import of secondhand garments into Catamanto market. So they started a campaign called Stop Waste Colonialism, which I hopped onto, which inspired this episode. And I also shared this on my page, encouraging my followers to sign their petition and to read the incredible research paper that they wrote about this. So they have talked about their approach to a solution um, to waste colonialism. And I want to share um, that in this section of the episode. So the Or Foundation is basically tackling this by holding EPR policy owners accountable. So what exactly is EPR? EPR is Extended Producer Responsibility, and it's an environmental policy and a form of product stewardship that extends a producer's responsibility for a product to the post-consumer stage of a product's life cycle. 
So it's all about thinking about what the full life cycle of a product really is. So EPR means that when you create a product as a brand, as an institution, as a company, you're thinking about where it's going to end up and what is going to happen to it once your customers or the consumer has finished using that product. And right now, EPR is set in place for a multitude of industries and it was very interesting to discover in the Aura Foundation's research that the only country that implements a basic form of EPR for the fashion industry is France. And I didn't know this having grown up in France and everything. I was quite surprised that I hadn't heard about this. But um, France is the only country that has some form of EPR policy um, within the fashion more like the textile industry, basically. But the form of EPR that they have in France is really minimal and it's very basic. And most importantly, it's completely ineffective. Um, So the form of it that exists right now is that it perpetuates waste colonialism, to be honest, because it still forces countries like Ghana to bear the grunt and the literal weight of the Global North's textile waste. It's really, when you think about it, a remnant of colonial power play in which countries from the global south who would have at some point colonized African countries or some African countries now have the power to decide to ship garments or discarded garments over to these countries and do nothing to actually help the country receiving this waste um, to deal with it, to process it in a way that won't harm the people or the environment there. And that is the current problem with EPR. So what happens is like countries like Ghana basically end up having to find their own solutions and come up with what to do with the end of life cycle of millions of garments that come onto Katamanto market. And as I said, as much as Ghanaians are resourceful and innovative, they are still limited in their resourcefulness because they're the ones at the end of the day paying the price for overconsumption in the global north. And that will never be okay. So even though EPR is implemented at a basic level in France, so brands and companies do think about the end of life cycle of their products but not enough and also they think about it but they actually still have in mind that somewhere along the line it would be sent off somewhere where they don't have to deal with it and that is the current problem with EPR and this is what the Or Foundation is trying to tackle just by holding the policymakers of EPR accountable so that they can actually expand this policy and intentionally make sure that it's effective um, in terms of how it needs to function and how it needs to benefit the countries and the people that are at the receiving end of waste colonialism. The Oral Foundation has devised a very interesting and intelligent approach to tackling 
the issue with an, an effective EPR. And so they've started with France, which is a country that at least has a basis, a minimum of EPR policy set in place for the textile industry. And their idea is to lobby in France that the EPR policy fully recognize the fashion industry as a perpetrator of waste colonialism, while also demanding its expansion in three key ways. So the first way is to desensitize all new products with harmful chemicals. So basically making sure that the policy stops clothing brands, um, fashion producers, textile producers from making products from the get-go, which will be harmful to the environment because of what they put into that product. So this would be essentially a lot of petroleum-based textiles, for example. Those should not be used for clothing. So polyester, for example, is uh, is a petroleum-based um, textile and its impact on the environment is enormous. Um, so this first point is just making sure that brands are thinking about what they're producing in the first place and that they're already anticipating the life um, cycle, the end of life cycle of the product that they're making. Second is to move money to communities around the world that are most affected by waste pollution. So again, thinking about, you know, who actually pays for it when products are poorly made and who is at the receiving end of this. And we've established that most of the time it will be global south countries that have to deal with the textile waste at its end of life cycle. So this expansion of EPR would make sure that these countries are compensated or paid to have to deal with this end of life cycle of textiles because it costs a lot. It costs, you know, and it needs infrastructure to be able to recycle and repurpose um, textile. And as I mentioned, as much as people in Ghana, for example, are extremely resourceful, there is a limit to that resource and money needs to be funneled into projects um, that will enable um, a fully thriving upcycling economy. But in the first place, those items should, of course, not be landing in Ghana. But if it is the case at the moment, then some sort of financial compensation needs to be funneled to those communities. And then third but not least, internalize the cost of waste management for newly produced items so as to financially move both companies and customers to prioritize reuse, resale of clothing. So again, from the get-go, it's about brands thinking about what will be the cost of us making sure that we can educate um, our consumers to prioritize reuse and resale of their clothing, but not just consumers, because that should also happen at the company level, basically, how to make sure that financially, from the very get-go of the production of the product, the cost is internalized that will help and anticipate what it will mean to manage the waste that this product could produce. So those are the three ways that the Aura Foundation are looking to change the EPR policy initially in France, and hopefully this could expand to other parts of the world. The Aura Foundation has lots more information about the Waste Colonialism campaign. They actually have a website dedicated to it, 
which is stopwastecolonialism.org. And on there, you can find their position paper. You can find the, the petition um, and you can just look into resources and find out ways to help um, forward their um, their goal, basically. But I think a great start is to just sign that petition, share with people around you. And then if you can donate to the Aura Foundation and if you can reach out to them and ask for ways that you can potentially help forward their cause because I really do think that this potential change in EPR law could start with the textile industry but then it could expand across other industries and also hopefully cross the borders of France and and be a standardized EU um, policy across the board and hopefully that crosses the pond and becomes a policy for um, the the rest of the global north um, on the northern America side of things. So I think there's so much potential here. And as I said previously, you know, we're all change makers, um, but we can't all do everything, but we can support those who are tackling things that we can't tackle at the moment. And I think this is a perfect example of that in terms of what the Oro Foundation is doing. It's so unique. They've taken it on in such a powerful way. And if we can support that, it could go really, really far and could actually create um, policy change that would positively impact countries in the global south. So that's it from me. I've tried to keep this one short sweet and informative um i hope that you do join this campaign and you do your own research and hopefully are able to gain your own understanding of what's happening um, when it comes to waste colonialism and how we can all tackle it together so thank you so much for tuning in and listening again um i can't wait to share my next interview episode which i think is really exciting and i'm excited for you to all hear what my incredible guest has to say um but yeah if you tune in regularly to style and sustain i just want to say thank you so so much i um, love doing this podcast it's such a big pleasure and every time i see those numbers go up in terms of listens i just really get so so excited um so please keep coming back if you can just like this podcast share it with the people around you and um yeah stay tuned for the next episode bye